You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. We're back to business as usual tonight, ladies and gentlemen, hitting uh, the news, as Sam Bushman puts it, that the networks refuse to use with uh, our quintessential blend of seriousness and good humor. The last couple of weeks have been... Uh, sort of like party shows, I guess. We had Jesse Lee Peterson on last week in, in a featured interview capacity, featured guest capacity. But, of course, two weeks ago we were in South Carolina, and then uh, we were doing special events last week as well. Sam Bushman was in studio, and uh, we had some other cast and characters in last week. But tonight we are back, and we've got a trifecta of great guests coming your way over the course of the next three hours. Uh, coming up in the middle part of the show, in the second hour, we're going to have Brad Griffin back on the show from Occidental Descent. He's going to be talking with us about the next arrest of Donald Trump, the one that's pending. Uh, that'll be the third in six months. The death of liberal conservatism and how radically charged the political cri- climate is becoming. I am really looking forward to the second hour with Brad Griffin. Uh, he has got some hot topics tonight that is going to excite you and make you believe that there's going to be a chance that uh, some things are going to happen in the very near term. Later on in the show, to close it out, columnist Jose Nino from Big League Politics is going to be back uh, to talk with us about the growing backlash against wokeism and the hysterical reaction to country music superstar Jason Aldean's latest hit, Brad Griffin, Jose Nino. But first, as I always like to say when he comes on, he's not my friend, he's not your friend, he's our friend, he's John Friend. John Friend, the assistant editor of the American Free Press and associate editor of the Barnes Review, is back with us right now. And it's great to have you back, John. How are you? James, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. It's always quite an honor, actually, to speak with you. So I appreciate you inviting me on. Well, tonight, it's always uh, great to have you on. But tonight uh, is uh, particularly special because uh, we are going to jointly announce an exciting new collaboration between TPC and the Venerable Newspaper. And we'll let you trot it out, John. What's going on? Yeah, good. No, I, I thank you very much. Yeah, um, I've been well. I've been kind of uh, in, in encouraging you to consider writing something for the paper. Going back to, I think, in I think I first asked you back in, I want to say in the winter of last year. So, um, I've been kind of encouraging you to to submit something. I you know I, I don't see much of your writing out there, but I know you've got great takes. I've been following your work for years, and um, you know you're very insightful. You got your uh, you know, you, you got your thumb on, on, you know, political developments and, and just the reality of race in this country and the reality of crime and just exactly what's going on. And you got really good, you know, sharp analysis of everything. So I figured you'd be a great contributor to the newspaper. And um, finally, I got you to submit a column and it was excellent. And so we've uh, ran three of your pieces now, I think we're at. And uh, no, it's awesome. It, we, you know, we've been looking for new contributors and, and I, you know, you were at the top of my list when I was thinking of people to reach out to. So it's great. And American Free Press is, uh, you know, America's last real newspaper. It is a biweekly national print newspaper, which, you know, there's not too many print newspapers out, out there these days, let alone an independent, populist, you know, America first 
style, you know, print newspaper. It's it's very difficult maintaining a print publication these days, as I'm sure you're aware and our you know our listeners are aware. So, you know, it's it's awesome. I've I've been a big fan of American Free Press since I first heard about him. I mean, I remember listening to the late Michael Collins Piper broadcast on RBN, and you know, he was a longtime writer for both American Free Press and the Barnes Review, and he was a huge influence on my thinking and just really like a, a big inspiration in my life to to start writing. You know, I always like when I was in college and stuff like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool to become a journalist and, you know, to be able to cover, interview people and, and, and cover certain topics and whatnot. So it's, it's really amazing, you know, to, you know, to be able to do this. And, you know, I started writing sort of, I just, you know, I actually had a friend, um, I was living in California back then. Uh, this was a 2013. He encouraged me to submit an article to American Free Press. He said that they were looking for new contributors. So I emailed them a piece and, you know, I've been basically more or less a regular reporter ever since then. So that's going on 10 years now. And, um, you know, my role has sort of expanded. I'm, I'm basically the associate editor now. So I go through a lot of the original articles, get them proofread and edited and, and you know, in, in shape to basically go to print. And then, you know, I do a lot of proofreading and, and that sort of thing and, and sort of customer service related things as well. So, no, it's it's awesome. I mean, American Free Press, I feel like, is a very underrated publication. I'm going to talk and, about that. You know, there's just really not. I mean, and that's the thing. And we sort of talked about this on a previous podcast that we did earlier this week. There's just not any, you know, print newspapers left anymore. Certainly not independent, alternative, um, you know, again, America first. I would dare say pro-white, you know, newspapers out there these days. We could dare to say that uh, around here. Yeah. (laughs) You're the guy that gives the print to us. We have Barnes Review that you're associated with, and also we have – American Free Press. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the background and the history of both of those publications. Obviously, American Free Press is a traditional print newspaper. Uh, the Barnes Review is a historical journal. Uh, and Magazine w- format. Yes, correct. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. But, yes, just to, to cut to the chase and to reiterate, I have officially signed on as a columnist with the American Free Press. And for the last uh, six weeks now, now the American Free Press is published every other week, uh, we have had articles in there. We did an article about how summer has been ruined for me between Pride Month and Juneteenth that sullied my birth month. We That was the first piece I submitted, and uh, the great Paul Angel and John Friend were good enough to say this is pretty good. And uh, so now I think it's going to be a regular uh, longstanding relationship. Uh, that's certainly what we're looking forward to. And it's exclusive. It's exclusive content. Uh, we did an article about... Uh, the my take on the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action, which I thought was a novel take at the time when I submitted it, but then a lot of other people have sort of uh, chimed in similarly. And then the most recent one was how there is systemic racism out there, and it's the exact opposite of uh, how it's been portrayed by the media. It's very, in a, very much an anti-white systemic racism. But I, I'm excited to uh, to be a part of American Free Press because I, I, I want to tell you that I cut my teeth reading American Free Press when I was 19 years old. It was still called The Spotlight then. I mean, this is a very, very, very venerable and long-standing newspaper that goes back uh, to the great, uh, the late, great Willis Carto. If uh, That's another name that doesn't get its just due anymore. Uh, talk about, I mean, this guy was truly the closest thing I think we had to a media mogul. I mean, he was up there on the tier of Bill Regnery. Right. And, uh, he was a you, legend, you have, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely a legend. I don't think enough people know the name anymore. I mean, certainly, you know, a lot of the old timers back in the 60s and the 70s, I mean, uh, the spotlight and what he did in radio, what he did in radio. I mean, people don't even, uh, people forget that. I mean, the Barnes Review. I mean, Willis Carto is on the Bill Regnery level in terms of media moguls of our of our side and our cause, and he laid it all out there. I mean, it was his whole life. And uh, he started the spotlight. God, do you even know when, John? I mean, it, decades ago. It's got to be 50, oh, 60 like, years old. I was going to say, yeah, I think Liberty Lobby was formed in the 60s, and the spotlight was more or less, from what I understand, like the the official publication of Liberty Lobby. I think they also did a newsletter that was a, you know, a little bit separate. Um, you know, I, and honestly, I don't even know all the details. I mean, that was well before I was even born. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I've read about the history, and, and you know, the, as soon as I became aware of, of Willis Cardo, you know, again, largely through listening to the late Michael Collins Piper, I was just immediately intrigued. I mean, here was a guy, like, despite all odds, was able to maintain these print publications, which to me is very, very important. And James, I'm sure you, you know, you recognize this now being censored from Twitter. I mean, we're getting yeah, we're censored talk, yeah. left and right. You know, so it's the, the importance of having like a print publication is so critical. And he was able to do it all these years and it, and it carries on today. 60 years, yeah, 60 years about uh, thereabouts. So we'll be right back. Uh, we will be right back. We're going to give you a little more about this and then we're going to get into some topics. But I think you'll be, I think you'll enjoy what we're about to share with you. Stay tuned, everybody. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of the Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
Well, welcome back, everybody. The big announcement this hour is that I will be working uh, in a, on a regular basis, hopefully every issue. I mean, I think that's the goal right now as a columnist for American Free Press. And uh, the offer and the opportunity, John Friend extended to me, as he said, uh, I, I think it was last winter. And I was immediately intrigued because, uh, well, I'll tell you in just a moment how far back my relationship with the American Free Press goes uh, and the spotlight in Willis Cardo. Uh, but I am stretched pretty thin. I mean, we're putting in probably about 60 hours a week on movement-related stuff. The three hours we do on the radio every Saturday night, that's just the fun part. I mean, the administrative work, I'm on the board of directors of a couple of different organizations and uh, helping just other things behind the scenes, working with Kevin McDonald on the Occidental Quarterly on its distribution. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in a lot of places. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. Uh, it was just that I didn't think I could do it on the level that the American Free Press deserved because anything I want to do, I want to do right. Uh, you know, we're traveling a lot. We're making an appearances. And I wanted to be able to fully commit to doing something and not just have, you know, an article here, an article there. I wanted to give them what they wanted. And I just didn't know if I had the time. Uh, but we did submit an, an article uh, for the Barnes Review uh, that was well received back uh, earlier this year, back I think it was the January issue. And I I like seeing that in print. I mean, I'm, I'm an old school guy here on uh, AM Talk Radio, and there's something about print that has uh, a permanence to it. And I, I enjoyed seeing that. And then when I lost Twitter, I mean, that was the thing. I mean, we were reaching a lot of people on Twitter. And, and, and not that Twitter was, you know, absolutely labor-intensive, but I certainly spend as much time on Twitter uh, per month uh, that it would take to, to write a couple of articles per month. And losing that voice, you know, we had uh, so many thousands and thousands of followers. And then, of course, it's amplified through retweets to the point where you were, you were reaching tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands. One of our tweets uh, right before I was banned reached a million people. So you're getting a lot of eyeballs there. When that was taken away from me, I went back to John and I said, you know what, is the offer still available? Because this is how you have to be uh, in, in this uh, trench war that we're in. You have to be nimble. You have to be able to be adaptive. If they cut off your leg, use your arm. If they cut off your arm, grow wings. I mean, grow a tail, do something. You've got to keep engaged. You've got to keep getting back out there. And I appreciated the fact that the American Free Press has been around for so many years, as we were just talking about, always delivered at a very professional uh, and high level. And it's got a readership coveted enough and large enough to support a full-time staff. So, you know, you're going to be reaching people there. Uh, but it was more to it than that. Uh, I can, uh, I mean, everybody remembers, you know, I, I probably mentioned this more than I should, but every show, I guess, uh, the the chain of events that led me into radio, Buchanan, and then my own campaign. And then we went into radio in 2004, and we've been here ever since. So it had not been a lot of stops, but we've made them count. But there was that one year in between the end of my campaign in 2002 and when the radio show started in 2004, where I was kind of looking, I didn't have anything to do, and I was looking for a way to do something. And there was a guy that I knew who I'd worked with on the Buchanan campaign named Warren Baldwin. And Warren Baldwin was a friend of Willis Cardo. And he said, you want to stay involved? You want to stay active? Let's go up to Washington. Let's meet with Willis Cardo. And we'll see if he'll let you write for the American Free Press. This is in 2003. Now, I've been reading the spotlight since 2019, and I was already very well familiar with who Willis Carto was, although I'd never met him before. And we went up there, and we went to Washington, D.C., and we sat in the office of Willis Carto, and we hit it off. Uh, we hit it off to the point where Willis sent me a wedding gift when I got married in 2006. And he let me write. And I couldn't do it very well. I, I don't know how well I do it now, but I certainly didn't write very well back in 2003. But every time I sent something in, they would clean it up and, and put it in the paper. And I actually still uh, had it on the back of my book in 2010, a former writer for the American Free Press. And uh, 
And so it goes back to all of that, and, uh, well, here we are now. And I think if you look at it, in terms of media, in terms of pro-white media, uh, here you have the longest-running media, uh, talk media outlet here with TPC, now 19 years. And, of course, in print uh, media, uh, American Free Press in the Spotlight goes back, as we mentioned, decades. So to team up with an organization like that is definitely an honor. And as we mentioned, these columns are exclusive content to the American Free Press. They don't appear in the American Free Press, and a few days later we put them up at our website. If you want to uh, see what we're having to say in the printed uh, word, you're going to have to subscribe. And I was very excited to hear, John, that uh, we've only been on the – I keep using the royal we, I guess, because I'm embarrassed to say I. I like to say we because I see this thing as a collective and not as an individual effort. But uh, since uh, I've been uh, given the opportunity to write for American Free Press, I know that uh, somebody has ordered extra copies. They like the Rosa Parks article. We've even had some new subscribers that have already caught on and said, hey, if he's writing, we want to sign on. So we're hoping more and more people will do that because it's very important with all the world against us that the people who have been producing good fruit for all of these years stick together and work together. So it's a, a mutually beneficial thing, I hope. Maybe I'll Abs- drop absolutely. in there. Like yeah, Keith, feel free. Let, yeah, let's uh, let's see what Keith's got to say. I'm sure he's got something provocative to say, as always. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we need to get you down here. I know we're going to have some celebration next week, year for a 20th anniversary, and I hope to see you in person. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. that. Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to Memphis. I definitely want to go to Graceland. So yeah, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be more than happy to come down there. Well, we'll um, but James, yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. put on your bulletproof vest and we'll take you to Graceland. But yeah, so anyway, yeah. talking about. Well, I'm a big, I'm a big, El- I'm a big Elvis fan, so. <laughs> Well, who doesn't um, like Elvis? We no, all like Elvis. Yeah, well, James exactly. has, a, I mean, has a, a second career as an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we all okay, like the music. Okay. Everybody in Memphis got an Elvis story. But anyway, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, you, you can respond. No, I just, no, I just, I, I mean, I appreciate what you had to say. I mean, that's, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And in and, and the American Free Press, again, it was, it, it like basically regrouped from the spotlight in 2001. And it's been published uninterrupted ever since then. Um, at one point, it was a weekly national print newspaper. Now it's bi-weekly, as we've mentioned. And, you know, I remember first coming across it and, and, and ordering my first subscription years ago, back like, what, 2000, probably 2011 or 2012, before I started even writing for him. And I was just amazed, like, here's a newspaper that's covering all the most important topics, whether it's the New World Order or politics or these racial issues that we talk about or quote unquote conspiracy theories. I mean, I think that's a very sort of weaponized term, but you know what I mean? Like various conspiracies and then really getting really not, a, you know, a, new, a publication, a newspaper that was not afraid to tackle the most controversial topics facing society, facing the world, really. And, you know, I've just always been a, a big fan. You know, there's some iconic writers that come from American Free Press, including the late Michael Collins Piper, who I've mentioned. Vic, the late Victor Thorne was a, was a writer for American Free Press for years. So it's it's really just a cool publication. And I'm, like, dumbfounded that, you know, we're still able to, to put out a print newspaper when so many, like, big corporate papers, well, you know, <clears throat> are, are failing left and right. And it's very, very difficult to, you know, to compete in this sort of environment. But... Somehow, some way, we you know we we're, we're able to make it happen, and of course that's uh, our hats go off to all of our you know subscribers and supporters, and I think it is a really worthy endeavor. I mean, again, we you know we've talked about censorship. I mean, and 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 again, I'm kind of old school like you, James. I mean, I remember waking up every day before school back when I was in high school, and I would sit down and I would read the local paper, the excuse me, the yeah. local paper, from start to finish, just to. 
I, I had a history teacher that was like, if you want to really start figuring out what's going on in the world, you got to read the newspaper every day. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. So I took that to heart, and I started doing that, and I just, you know, I've always been like a newspaper junkie. You know, I like reading printed material, uh, magazine, like local magazines, national magazines, uh, you know, newspapers. So I don't know. I guess that that's there's probably not too many people like me, I guess, <laughs> but um, that, that's the way that I've always been. So to be associated and affiliated with the American Free Press is really quite an honor. And, you know, every, every week we try to put in uh, put in the best material that we can find. And I'm very glad that you've decided to, to take the lead here and, and, and give us your takes, because like I said, well, I appreciate you got, that. Yeah, you, you with the whole got team some, up there. Yeah. For being so supportive. Well, you put me in a, a position to succeed. You're a good editor, John. You give me good topics to write on, and I appreciate the fact that y'all um, think it's worthy enough of the paper. Because, again, you're talking about a distinguished paper going back decades, as we've mentioned, that still has a subscription base to support a full-time staff. So this is how the staff is making a living. You know, people say all the time, well, print is dying, print is dying. And that's true to a large extent because, I mean, you've got thousands of thousands of newspapers in this country that are all saying the exact same thing. So what about the one that doesn't say the exact the same thing? The one that's telling the truth. Exactly. Well, I mean, Keith, yep. you see it all the time. I mean, here in Memphis and across the country, everything's a, cut, a copy and paste job. It's Associated Press stuff that's copy and pasted and put in the Memphis commercial appeal or whatever. I mean, they're all on. We call our local paper here the communist appeal. But I'm just, but they all, but there's no diversity of opinion. So, I mean, you know, you can get the same story. I mean, literally word for word, not just the same take or the same general uh, opinion, but the exact same stories word for word in any number of papers. But then you've got a paper like this. And again, I like the permanence of it. I I like, I mean, after have been, been, Shut down and banned from every social media place, from Twitter to uh, YouTube to I can't even remember how many others, all the credit card processors. I like being, but I, I prefer to take in my material by by holding something. I like something that I can hold in my hand. Now, not everybody's like that. There's right. no problem if you like the e-book stuff and the e-zines, e but uh, for people who do like this, this is the place to go. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit more in the next segment about some of the regular topics that you'll find in the pages of uh, the American Free Press, and also mention the Barnes Review as well because the same team works on that as well. So uh, stay tuned, more to come, and then we're going to get into the current and contemporary issues with our guests in the second and third hour, Brad Griffin and Jose Nino. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. Many Americans believe any new criminal indictments against former President Trump would hurt his chances in the 2024 election. According to a Harvard Caps Harris poll released on Friday, 57% of those surveyed think federal charges related to the January 6th riot at the Capitol and attempts to overthrow the 2020 election would cost him votes. However, the poll shows an identical majority also think the previous indictment in the classified documents case was aimed at adding drama to the presidential election. Trump says he'll impose the death penalty for human traffickers if he's elected president again. Trump said in a video Friday he'll urge Congress to pass legislation to institute the death penalty for human traffickers who carry women and children across the U.S. border. He also promised to reinstate Title 42, a COVID-era policy that allows authorities to turn away migrants from the southern border for health purposes. 
This comes after Trump held a showing of the film Sound of Freedom at his Bedminster, New Jersey golf club. The film tells the story of a DHS agent who investigated trafficking rings. I'm Jacqueline Carl. Millions of Americans coast to coast have been dealing with another day of extreme heat. Temperatures in Phoenix topped 110 degrees for the entire month of July, setting a record. A $45,000 reward is being offered in the shooting death of an Alabama firefighter and the wounding of a colleague. 29-year-old Jordan Melton died five days after a gunman walked into a Birmingham fire station and began shooting. The other firefighter was critically wounded. Police have not made any arrests, and the motive for the July 12th shooting remains unclear. South Korea's military is confirming North Korea fired several cruise missiles into the Yellow Sea. It's the second such launch this week, as that country remains silent on the whereabouts of an American soldier who fled across the border. This is USA News. Do you have heart failure and often hear? Those stomach issues ruined your birthday. You're too tired to play catch, Grandpa. Sweetie, you haven't touched your tools since the carpal tunnel syndrome diagnosis. If these seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, talk to your cardiologist. Ask about transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy or ATTRCM, a rare and underdiagnosed disease that gets worse over time. Learn more at connecttoyourheart.com. That's connecttoyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas. Loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to Now. Exactly 20 years, but I'm back officially on with uh, an official capacity with the American Free Press, who's always been so good to me, and I have such a great deal of respect for the publication and and for uh, its history. We mentioned uh, the great Willis Cardo, uh, who passed away uh, not too terribly long ago. What, it's eight years now, something two, like that. 2000, 2015. I was actually, yeah, I'd never, right. I never got, unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet him. I talked to him a few times just over the telephone and I was actually going to go out to Washington DC to meet him in 2015 like the fall of 2015 and unfortunately he passed away so I was never actually able to meet him which is uh very unfortunate but um yeah no again a total legend and in this whole movement um a very un- underappreciated under um under acknowledged figure I think and um you know Paul Angel is has been there for for a very long time and he's just a a total professional, a, a very brilliant guy, very dedicated, puts together an excellent publication every issue of both the Barnes Review and American Free Press. Well, and listen, I mean, and it, it, you're, this isn't a paid advertisement, by the way. I mean, this is something we wanted to announce the fact that I'm on as a columnist. I think that's a it's you look talk radio and and print news kind of go together. I think uh, if you if you want to take it that way, there's nothing wrong with e-zines, web-based publications. A lot of them are getting a lot of eyeballs these days. Some of them fizzle, some of them can be taken down. Uh, but you're talking about here a publication that's been around for so long, and it's so professional, as you said. I mean, the graphics, the editing, the design, the layout, everything is a good fit for me. Uh, and Keith, I know you are a huge fan of the Barnes Review, and we'll talk a little bit more because there is a relationship there between AFP and the Barnes Review. I was about to say, uh, 
the American Free Press is great. I love it. But the thing that really just knocks the ball out of the park for me is the Barnes Review. I was not that aware that there was a magazine totally devoted to revisionist history. Which I, 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 I some... I really don't like call, even though that is what it's called. That's the appropriate term. We're not the revisionists. We're the what, like the actual we're, history. We're the truth. Well, the truth is always. Uh, I see what that I mean, but you uh, know, uh, uh, you know, revolutionary. I guess, uh, particularly in today's world. But I mean, that thing is so scholarly and so well written, and it gets into every nook and cranny of history, not just World Wars One and Two and things like that. But you know, there are books like Myth of the German Villainy by Benton Bradbury and whatnot. But or the greatest story never told, but this publication gets into Ottoman history, things like that, uh, you know, ancient history, and it's incredible. I mean, I, I, I take that thing, I keep it in my car, and whenever I have some, some spare time, if I go to, you know, get a hamburger out somewhere, I pull that thing out and I'm reading it because I just, you know, I, I, I have... I've got to tell you that it, it's totally impressive that what you've done there with the Barnes Review. So I'm going to ask John to explain the difference and the and the overlap between the American Free Press newspaper and the Barnes Review uh, Revisionist Journal. Uh, but I, I I broke it down for Keith earlier. I said it's kind of like the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons in the '60s had all of these hits, and uh, you had the band, and you had the uh, producers, and all of that. And and then they had so many hits, they offered up a few tracks as the Wonder Who. Well, the Wonder Who was the exact same band, exact same production. And then you had when Frankie Valli went out on a solo, his background singers are the same members of the Four Seasons, the same producers, Bob Crew, and so on and so forth. So they had like three different entities, but it's all the same the same yeah, james can never uh, <laughs> n- never pass up an opportunity to count can, the four seasons i can work them in in any favorite group of all time. <laughs> but uh there is uh, talk about the the different missions and purposes of american free press and, and barnes review and uh, what the relationship is between the two well they are two totally separate publications and i mean american free press it's b- basically described as a populist independent you know, America first type publication and, and America first is, you know, obviously taken on a different connotation with, you know, Trump's candidacy. American free press has always been America, you know, America first going back it's to a like, newspaper, right, John, it's yeah. something that is, you know, supposed to be topical and something. That's oh yeah. Delivered yeah. in your mailbox. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a newspaper. We cover current events. I mean, we get into some, you know, historical topics as well. Um, I mean, since I've been writing for him, I mean, I've covered, oh my gosh, I've covered so many different topics. I've, I've interviewed probably literally hundreds of people. Um, you know, I do a regular uh, AFP report where I interview special guests and also contributors to the to the newspaper to cover stories that we have in, in, in you know, re- recent issues and stuff like that. Uh, but I also reach out and interview all sorts of people. I mean, I've covered conferences. I, I remember, the, I think the first conference I ever covered you know, as a reporter for American Free Press, was a con- a conference on the uh, the assassination of JFK, which was very interesting. I mean, that's a topic that, that American Free Press in the spotlight before it have been covering for years. You know, these quote unquote conspiracies, which I mean, to any to anybody that's paid any attention, a quote unquote conspiracy is just an alternative explanation to the official one, <laughs> which uh, you know many like times that would be perfect for the Barnes Review. Quite frankly, that topic. 
Oh yeah, I mean the Barnes Review has covered the the assassination of JFK as well extensively over the years. But no, I mean American Free Press is you know it's a, it's a populist independent print newspaper. I mean that that's what it is. Um, I mean I I've focused on so many issues. I mean BLM you know madness, the BLM insurrection in 2020. Um, the, the, the overall anti-white agenda. I just wrote a piece actually in this most recent issue that actually complemented James's article very, very well. It was all about how the U.S. Um, Air Force Academy is sort of inserting these very woke, you know, an- frankly, anti-white ideologies like critical race theory and praise of BLM and promoting notions of white supremacy, which is exactly the topic of, of James's column. I mean, there is no such thing as, you know, white supremacy in this country. If anything, everything is directed against white people in this country from top to bottom. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we cover all sorts of issues. I mean, politics, um, the the war in, in, in Ukraine. I mean, we've covered all the wars. Right. You know, so any the, of the, the current years. issues yeah. and the hot topics, headline news, American Free Press is going to be tackling it from a pro-white America first type of perspective. And then the Barnes Review, obviously, more scholarly mm. articles. Focusing he dives on into history. Topics of historical in nature. But there is a, a yes. commonality in so much as Willis Cardo was behind both. And you're the associate editor of one, the assistant editor of the other. Paul Angel is associated with both. So it's sort of like the same team putting them together, even though they have different purposes and different reasons for being. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's true. And the Barnes Review, I mean, I love the motto. It's, it's dedicated to bringing history into accord with the facts. And that's a direct quote from Dr. Harry Elmer Barnes, who's the namesake of the, of the publication. And he was one of the first, you know, I guess, quote unquote, revisionist historians. And I too am kind of, you know, ambivalent about that word. I mean, I sort of embrace it, but at the same time, it's kind of a loaded term because again, all, all revisionist history is, is basically considering all perspectives, all information, and an well, overall done histor- a lot historical to turn analysis. History into something other than a pejorative term. Well, and know, this it, is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and it, it being able to present the argument in a style that is attractive, it has to look good. I mean, God bless the people who go to the local copy shop and print out black and white pieces of paper and put them on doors or, or whatever you're doing to get the windshields or whatever. But in, when you're able to produce something professionally and to a degree that rivals that of our enemies and adversaries, well, that's, then you've got something. It's going to get you further down the road. Well, the, sizzle, the, the, the sizzle review, is important. Yeah, the Barnes Review, basically, the format is better than any other yeah, it looks public, really good. Any monthly publication of, of the mainstream that I can think of. And uh, look, I, I, I agree. It's certainly competing with, with any of them, that's for sure. I mean, it's outstanding. I'm looking at the most recent one, and, and Keith, you had talked about how we really cover, you know, all aspects of history. It's not just related to World War II and the, you know, alleged Holocaust, although that is a huge topic that we've, we've focused on over the years. But, I mean, we cover the Civil War. We cover ancient ancient history. We cover American history. The, we cover European history. The Crimean War, exactly. In this most recent issue, we've actually got a, and, and I, I know he's been a guest on the political cesspool, Remy Tremblay, who is an outstanding, oh, yes. yeah, Fr- yeah, French Canadian journalist and historian. He wrote the the lead article in this most recent issue, which is the July August 2023 issue, and it's all about the, the this quote unquote French insurrection in 1934. So I mean, we're covering French history. It's it's really incredible, and it, I mean. You know, we got to tip our hats again to our, our see, great look, contributors. How many people know that there was even a uprising in France in 1934? I mean, 
This is doing a wonderful job of educating the people. Well, you got to know your history. Absolutely. You, you, yep. you, you separate a, a people from their faith, their history, and then they're dead. And that's, of course, what people want. So it's important to have these people pushing back and to have this network and uh, people all pulling in the same direction. Talking about you know, the fact that my history with AFP goes back, it even predates the show itself. Okay, so that's a long time. And you have this sense of stick to and brotherhood and fraternity. And perseverance. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're talking about two very venerable publications here, American Free Press, in terms of the newspaper, current events, uh, the quality topics. of the writing and the uh, uh, historical research and whatnot. I don't think that you can match those publications. Uh, and there's nothing that the mainstream or the legacy media puts out that's even in the same ballpark as it. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. One more segment with John Friend. So you probably have already decided for yourself that we're fans. <laughs> that you want to know more. AmericanFreePress.net AmericanFreePress.net and uh, we'll give you the website for the Barnes Review when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while, at the same time, exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com my name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by ConfederateChurchOfChrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. When you're in a movement that uh, brings <laughs> you a lot of enemies, it's important to have friends. And we've got one in John Friend. Uh, John Friend, a friend in, de in need, is a friend indeed. Uh, and he is uh, an editor of both the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, AmericanFreePress.net. You can catch my column there now, uh, which uh, will be in most every issue. And... Uh, 
I know some people are already excited about that, and we're excited about that for the reasons we've already stated. Also, the Barnes Review. Go to Barnes Review, B-A-R-N-E-S, barnesreview.org. It's a journal of politically incorrect history in the style of Harry Elmer Barnes putting history into accord with the facts. And uh, these are both publications I was reading as a teenager. I don't know how many teenagers can honestly say that, but I could, and that uh, that goes back to the 90s. Uh, but uh, in any event, it's... Uh, well, I, I I will say I'm going to say what I'm about to say in a minute. Let me let me recollect my thoughts. And I'm going to say this first. <laughs> uh, so uh, the the situation with the uh, American Free Press and uh, the need for us to to all stick together it uh, was a hand in glove type of a fit because again when I lost Twitter I was looking for a way to uh, apply myself and this gave us a nice voice and similarly. When Amazon canceled after, for whatever reason, 12 years, 12 years into the publication of Racism Schmacism, I get an email from Amazon, uh, you, we are banning your account, there will be no more royalties, and you cannot come back under another name, you're, you're done, basically, and there's no appeal. And so they were like, I was like, well, my, you know, the book was, you know, it wasn't selling briskly after 12 years, you know, still some people would buy it every month. And I was like, well, that, you know, that just, it, it pissed me off. You know, I wanted to do something about it. And uh, I had the opportunity from Patrick Martin. Patrick Martin, uh, uh, just a few months later, I was thinking, well, I'll just write another book and somehow get it out somewhere, even if we have to just sell it straight through the, the radio show. And then I had the opportunity with Patrick Martin. He gave me the opportunity to contribute a chapter, which ended up being the opening chapter of The Honorable Cause. And this is the importance, I think, of remembering who your friends are and pulling in the same direction and working together. So I did that because Amazon had shut down my account and, and banned me from selling copies of Racism Schmacism 12 years after the fact, but they finally got around to it. And so I wrote a, an opening chapter for this brand new book, The Honorable Cause, and it has been, it has exceeded expectations by every standard of measurement. And similarly, when we got banned by Twitter, I, I went back and got it back in touch with John Friend, who'd give me the opportunity to come on as a columnist. And now we're reaching a lot of people there uh, that would not have been receiving it otherwise. And remember, it is exclusive content, so you got to subscribe to get it. It will not be reposted at, at the website. But with regards to, I want to ask you this, John, the reason I said all of that is to ask you this. Uh, you look at and I'm not saying, I mean, I am not saying that the honorable cause would have not been a success otherwise, but I had, after all these years in radio, gotten to know a lot of people, obviously. We have a pretty vast network. We've got a lot of tentacles out there here at TPC. There was some bar graph. i got to send this to you, John. It was, some, it was a scatter plot, and it showed, like, the reach of TPC compared to, you know, some of the others, and uh, it's, it's pretty funny. It was an SBLC-sanctioned thing a couple of years ago, and you yeah, Hillary, that, Hillary Clinton said that you were responsible for Trump's election. I well, she that. said I was an extremist. Uh, that was actually Media Matters that said I was one of the – anyway, but um, – so I, I, I contacted some people who were regulars on the show, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm writing an article, or excuse me, a, 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 a chapter for this new book. Would you take a look, and if you think it's worth it, would you review it? And every one of them to a man did. Uh, Tom Sunich reviewed it for The Occidental Observer, Kevin McDonald's publication. Sasha Rossmuller reviewed it for uh, a German print newspaper, uh, a magazine that is on uh, – newsstands in Germany. Remy Tremblay, who you just mentioned, uh, reviewed it for his publication, the French-Canadian publication. Roger Devlin reviewed it for American Renaissance. Spencer Quinn reviewed it for uh, Countercurrents. Clyde Wilson 
Uh, the venerable Southern historian, preeminent Southern historian, reviewed it. And John Friend, the latest, most recent review of the Honorable Cause for the Barnes Review itself. It's in the most recent issue. And, John, I want to thank you for that. Oh, no problem, man. It's a great book. I mean, I got it as soon as it came out, basically, and had been sort of working on the review. I mean, I had it written, but, you know, it takes some time to get it actually, you know, out there printed. And then, uh, you know, it's it's actually on the website. You can find it on barnesreview.org. And I've also posted it on my personal website, which is therealistreport.com. And you can actually find a lot of the material that I write for American Free Press, at least the material that goes on their website. I'll often cross-posted on my website, therealistreport.com. Same thing with all the radio programs that I do for both American Free Press and the Barnes Review. You can find that over on my website as well. And yeah, man, it's a great book. And, and you know, again, this is what this is what the Barnes Review, this is what American Free Press is all about, is, you know, promoting good, independent, quality material like this. And, you know, and see, that's the thing, really. I mean, we see how, like, weaponized the media is against white people, just against, you know, even even just regular conservatives. We see how weaponized the DOJ and the FBI have become, certainly since, you know, Trump's been in office. And we see, like, this this weaponization of language, you know, designed basically to demonize and discredit white people especially you know we're always on the defensive with these labels like racist or white supremacist or even i mean i i mentioned like the whole conspiracy theorist idea i mean what does that even mean aside from you know not blindly accepting what the government and media say about any particular event um and then of course you know like anti-semitism of course that's like probably one of the most weaponized terms out there and, you know, we see how history itself, the, the historical record is weaponized primarily, again, against white people, but I think really against anybody that's concerned about the truth and, and really what's happened in our world and what's happened historically. And, um, you know, so I guess I'm saying all this because that's, this is what, like, I try to do with everything I write, everything I talk about, whether it's in American Free Press or the Barnes Review or even on my own website um, or, you know, any of the radio programs that I do. I mean, our good friend, Dr. Kevin McDonald, I remember first, like, hearing this expressed and articulated, you know, he's pointed out and demonstrated quite conclusively that, you know, these, these radical, and frankly, radical, anti-white Jewish intellectuals and activists have, like, totally pathologized any form of having a positive, healthy, pro-white racial identity, you know, and, 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 and you know, even an understanding of history or politics, you know, whites who are simply aware that they're white and who embrace like a positive healthy outlook on their own people and our history and our culture i mean we're smeared as like white supremacists or racists or something you know it's just it's just insane and this is exactly what publications like this are dedicated to rectifying yeah yeah john it's not a coincidence that they are anti-white that is their whole raison d'etre okay that's their purpose they want to uh, look throughout the last century there's been a systematic displacement of white anglos from leadership and elite positions in not only america but in europe as well uh by jewish power and influence and we need to understand that this is not a coincidence this is their purpose that was the purpose behind the civil rights movement that was the purpose behind the feminist movement uh the purpose behind uh the homosexual rights movement every one of those things has a single thread that runs through them, and that is reduction of white birth rates. It's time for us to understand as white people that we're in a war and that the left is our enemy. There's no 
They, you know, they, they're not being ideological. They are being racial in their animus. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, really, that's the most like sort of astonishing thing when you kind of wake up to this stuff is, you know, you look at politics, you look at just society in general, and everybody's out there competing, you know, all these different racial and ethnic and minority groups. Everybody's got their own team. They got their own they got their own leaders. They got their own organizations and groups. And here are white people just sitting on the sidelines watching, you know, even if they, you know, if they sort of notice anything, yeah. like they're demonized as like racist. It's just unacceptable. And, you know, again, I mean, these publications aren't specifically dedicated, you know, to like, a, you know, like a pro-white message or whatever. But I mean, if you're talking about the truth, you inevitably come to these conclusions. You recognize these things. And, you know, that's what this is all about is just presenting information honestly and, and, and accurately from a healthy, positive, pro-America position for sure. Well, I will say this, uh, and this is my honest and personal opinion here, but I think that the single greatest writer in terms of putting his take on current events and being able to articulate that message through the printed word is Gregory Hood of American Renaissance. I also love... Brad Griffin. Uh, Brad Griffin writes in a very different style, but I'm an Occidental descendant. Brad Griffin, by the way, is going to be with us in the very next hour. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of current issues and why Brad thinks this whole thing is about to boil to a head and there's going to be an event very soon that is going to sort things out for better or worse. So stay tuned for that. But I love reading Brad's thoughts. He is an amateur historian, but he also has great takes on current events. He writes in a little bit different style, more of a just sort of like a bullet point type of thing, but he's, he's fantastic. But I will say, and this is the truth, the single best who, what, where, when, and why reporter that our movement has is John Friend. If you read any of his reports, a true, true scoop-style journalist or reporter, that's, that's John Friend. So it's a little bit different than an op-ed, uh, the way he writes and, and what his articles uh, are there for American Free Press. But you can find out more at AmericanFreePress.net. I always enjoy reading a traditional report with quotes and all of that, not necessarily his own opinions, but just, just the facts. Uh, and John does right. it in a way that nobody else can at AmericanFreePress.net. And again, exclusive content now, my exclusive column for American Free Press, every issue, AmericanFreePress.net. Can't find it anywhere else. John, th this is the Well, this thanks, is it, man. I, I mean, appreciate you saying that, yeah. No, I, I, well, I mean, I, mean I really it. do. That, that me yeah, well, that, I mean, that means a lot to me because, you know, I do put a lot of time and effort into this. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 I you know, you look at the, the, the profession of journalism now it's like such a disgrace and i am trying to bring some integrity back to the profession and and present things from a little bit different perspective again from my own unique you know pro america america first type perspective you know populist independent well, you do, that you sort do of the thing. job that other people don't want to do everybody wants to be an op-ed writer not everybody wants to go and deal with the nuts and bolts and the daily that's right. grind that's right. of reporting the news. That's right. Right. Well, yep. but this is the, the perseverance of it all. I mean, John's taken his lumps over the years, but, I mean, we just mentioned it, I think, over the course of this hour. My contribution to the uh, the honorable cause was in response to Amazon banning racism and schmacism. My newfound, uh, newly minted column in American Free Press is in response to Twitter banning me. Uh, there's a resiliency between those of us who have been putting in year after year after year and again, how about decade after decade after decade? Then you get on the level well, of American know, Free Press growing. and Barnes Review. We are. Oh, growing. sure. I remember it used to be Pat Buchanan, Joe Sobrin, Willis Carto, 
uh, Sam Francis, Sam Francis, people like that. Now look at all of these. Oh, it's 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 a proliferation, absolutely, and it's only getting bigger. Uh, but we want to thank the people who have been doing it the longest, and we've got one of them here right now with the publications that have. John, thanks so much, my friend, and AmericanFreePress.net, BarnesReview.org. Subscribe to both, and we'll talk to you again soon, John. Of course, I'll be talking to you quick because we got another column coming out next week. <laughs>